When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The gang is back together. Oh my gosh. It's overdue. Welcome back to the U.S., Craig. We're so Thank glad you. to have you back. Thank you very much. I feel like DP should be on the screen right now so that we can feel like yeah, the put yourself on the screen is for one actually time. here right now. There it is. The Let gang is officially go. together. You know, we, we're all excited <laughs> to be. We're all excited to be back together. I, I will guarantee this. Ten days from now, after four straight days in Nashville, we will be so sick of each other. So That's enjoy enough. this moment. Yes, <laughs> we'll enjoy it. Oh my gosh, um, I'm excited! Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five star review. I'm Leah here with Petey and Craig and Sean. We're back. We're back in action, and it's a good thing because we really needed. Craig's uh, reporter hat to get some information for us and that he did this morning. So before we start, any, anyone have like a clearing, anything they want to talk about, or are we just going to dive right into it? I just want to let Petey know what the sleeping arrangements are in Nashville. I got no. the master suite with my own bathroom. I don't know if you guys End of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yes. I did request that after being in France. So I need a bidet. So I, I, I don't. They're installing it as we speak. Did you, did you legit like, and I don't want to know. I know that there's been discussion of a rooming list and, and I'm guessing they waited until you got back in the country to discuss. Is that fair? Do you literally know the arrangements? Because I there don't. was a meeting. I don't. Actually, don't okay. know the arrangements. So. I, I've, we'll I've heard over. rumors. I tell I you what, we're gonna though, talk for a minute there. If I'm if I'm bunk betting with Craig Morgan, buddy, I am I'm digging That's deep into day. my credit card. I'm out. Stop I'm it. Out. You got the upper. You got the upper, PD. buddy. I'll fall out of bed in the morning for sure. <laughs> trying to go pee. At, <laughs> I'm 55. I pee three times. Like I'm gonna be. Oh shit. <laughs> By about 3:30 in the morning, I'll be tumbling down, broken ankle. It would be bad. Petey's on the IR at the draft. Yes. Oh, get, you a, man. get you a bedpan, buddy. <laughs> like oh, oh, yeah. Kick that over in the middle right. of the too. too. <laughs> I'm gonna oh, oh, oh boy. Wow, we went we went down a dark road here. By the way, all of us. Wow. I did I did bring never mind. I'm not gonna say it. We've gone dark enough. Yes. Good. We can do it. All right. We have all we have all week to to catch up. Um, but the thing that I think we really want to catch up on the most is an arena update. That's like PD and I haven't really had much to say on it over the last three weeks with you gone since we didn't 
know a ton. What's up? We didn't. We literally didn't say that word. We, and we said the A word. We did not say the word while Craig was gone. That's true. That is a true story, by the way, Craig. We did not say true. the A word. We said we don't know anything, so we'll move on. We're not going to talk about it. Um, well, but... Apologies. Apologies <laughs> for bringing it back up day one. No, Here it's not an apology. I think the people, including me, I'm the people, are itching for an update. And you delivered um, with your article this morning, which you can read right now at gophnx.com. But we're going to go through the arena options, Craig, that you reported um, that the Coyotes are mulling Mesa, the Salt River, um, the Salt River, Pima, Maricopa, Indian community, Scottsdale, and Phoenix. So we'll go through each one, kind of get a sense of what the situation is, but I think off the top, the best news is there are sites being considered and it's confirmed from multiple sources. And this is something the Coyotes are pursuing. So we can start with that um, and then we can go through each one. But I guess just the good news is they're looking at places. The bad news is they don't have one place narrowed down announced yet, but it's a long process. And I think part of that is a a different philosophy than occurred in Tempe where they just focused on one site, put all their eggs in that basket. I think what's happening now is they're basically listening to the possibilities, considering what might be the best deal. And and let's be honest, in, in a negotiation like this, you're looking for the best deal. So you can say, well, we're also talking to party X or party Y, here's what they're offering. What you, what can you do? And there's a certain amount of that going on. Clearly also there's major differences between some of these sites. If you're talking about tribal lands, there are major restrictions there. You, you, you can't own the land. You can't build residential. You can't put a sports book there. So that changes your revenue picture considerably what you can plan versus, you know, buying a piece of privately owned land in Mesa but I don't know where you want to start, Leah, but that's something to consider. Again, I, it's a different philosophy. I, I think they're just considering a bunch of things and then they're going to start whittling it down. Let's just go through each of the options and kind of what we know. There's some that we know more details than the others. Um, and then we'll go through what's not an option, but let's start with Mesa. Because, well, actually, let's start with Mesa and what is and what isn't an option, because yeah. I think for months, you know, we've heard Fiesta Mall, Fiesta Mall with Mesa, um, but you reported that that's probably not the likely route at all, and there's an alternate site in Mesa that they're looking at. So can you kind of paint the picture of uh, options or non-options? Yeah. And if, listen, I, I wrote this in the, the last uh, story that I wrote before I left. I, I didn't get the sense that Fiesta Mall was even a significant option, even when it was the the flavor du jour. That, that site's been available since the Morello group took over and they brought Javier Gutierrez in. And it, I've never sensed more than a lukewarm response to that potential site. Um, location is one of those. It's it's still a significant distance. I mean, it's people have said, oh, it's as bad as Glendale. Well, no, it's not because it sits much closer to their season ticket base and the corporate base of the city and the wealth base of the city. So I don't think it's it's a direct comparison there. I don't think that's a fair comparison. That said, it's like 11 miles from where the TED was supposed to be. And having driven that like 202, 101 interchange down to the 60 and knowing what an absolute mess that is, it could get even worse with Coyotes traffic coming down it. I don't and, – and then when you look at the site itself, it's, it's an area really in need of urban renewal, um, but it doesn't have a lot of the things to offer that Tempe might or, or even being along the Salt River close to Tempe, close to Scottsdale might offer. So I just don't think it's an as attractive a site. I don't get the sense that the Coyotes are really pursuing that very strongly. However, I did I highlight in the story one that's 
right at the 202 and almost school road it's it's owned by johnson materials llc it's it's basically a rock quarry so there's a certain amount of prep that you have to do i i guess you don't have to dig very much since you already have a giant hole in the ground for your foundation but there, there's some prep to do for that land but I, I i think that one is under serious consideration there could be other sites in mesa as well but that one is privately owned by one party making a, a purchase of the land a lot easier than it would be if multiple parties own the land and yeah thanks for putting up the map leah i think this one i think people have been aware of this one for a little while but i do get the sense that this one is near the top of the list we'll see how it plays out with further negotiations but i think this is one that the coyotes are seriously considering yeah this one if you're looking if you're watching on youtube right now you can see it's kind of along the 202 um it's just a little bit west of the 101 east, east. Uh, i literally just pictured a map in my head and was like that's west i am by the way i just got back from my trip this morning so that's my clearing <laughs> i've been up since 1 a.m arizona time um but yeah definitely definitely an interesting one there's a big spot yeah. right there and it's not it's not a bad site by any means like at all it's it's very interesting when you think about where they were trying to go in tempe and then look at this site I mean, it's a five-minute drive down the freeway, guys. It's 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 right there. Sloan Park is just to the west of it, where the Cubs play. There's there's a uh, Riverview development, a mall there as well. Tempe Marketplace is just to the west. This is fine. This is actually a really good location. If they end up here, it's basically the same field to me as the Ted would have been. You're you're a couple miles, obviously, farther away from Mill Avenue and downtown Tempe, but you're really close to that site still. So this one makes a lot of sense to me if they end up choosing this one. PD, any thoughts? No, I just I, I'm interested to see that that all of these sites, and t to Craig's point of them competing, and I, and I love that we're not sitting there going, oh, it has to be this or we're done. But the concern, Craig, for me is is the time frame still, and I know we're going to talk about these other sites. We're we're in the middle of June now. I mean, it's it, you can't negotiate it with five partners for the next six months. I mean, so no. I. I I, something's going to have to happen sooner rather than later. So I like that there's a lot of partners because I think they can compete, but I also am concerned that there's so many because you got to get narrow it down in a hurry. Yeah. And, and I can just jump to that timeline right now. If we want to talk about that before yeah. we hit the other sites. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk. Listen, we had, we had the Bartlett's on our show uh, and they, they represent Clayton Keller. They're the Bartlett's represent Clayton Keller that and, and Logan Cooley actually. Um, I know there's pressure from from agents. Players want to know the the agents want to know what's happening. I get that, and I, I I think if the Coyotes are wise, they'll be communicating and through back channels to say, hey, we're moving forward. Here's here's the situation. I don't know that we're going to get a public announcement of the site before the draft or free agency. I really don't think that's going to happen. Actually, um, a couple points on that. I don't think that there's much that players and agents can do. I know a lot of people are saying, well, Clayton Keller is going to request a trade just like Jacob Chikrin. Well, it's not the same situation. If you remember, the Coyotes approached Jacob Chikrin about the possibility of a trade. It wasn't the other way around. That's how it started. So the Coyotes were open to the idea of trading Jacob Chikrin. They don't want to trade Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller's under contract. They don't have to trade him if they don't want. He signed the contract. So that's the reality. You obviously don't want it to come get that contentious and you'd like to be able to tell them something, but they don't have to move Clayton Keller if they don't want to move him. He is under contract and he signed the contract. So he is obligated to play for this team for the duration of that contract if they so choose to keep him. Um, in terms of the timeline, what I would expect to see something happen, 
I got to believe before the season, right? This team's scheduled to go to Australia, and Leah and I are hoping like hell that we're going to go to Australia with the Coyotes. Hey, Saul, hope you're listening. Um, I think we need to have something concrete in place by then, and I think the Coyotes know that as well. You can't drag this out. While there may not be a lot that the NHLPA and players and agents can do pressure-wise, there's a hell of a lot that the Board of Governors can do pressure-wise if the Coyotes don't have something in place by the start of the season. And I get the sense that they really want some clarity at that point. There's there's a certain amount of, you know what, guys kind of fed up with the situation. So I think they need to deliver by the start of the season with a concrete plan of what's coming next. Absolutely. I agree with that. And who knows, maybe it'll be one of the, the four areas we're talking about today. So let's continue down that list and talk about the Salt River, Pima, Maricopa Indian community. This one's really interesting. I think this is one that's been tossed around a bunch um, also while you were gone, Craig, but there's obviously, you know, some limitations with this land. So what do we know about this situation? Yeah. And DP, if you can just throw up the map so I can talk about this, um, this is, there's a 65 parcel uh, acre parcel of land that's just below the pavilions where all of us have been because we went to Octane Raceway. Um, it's it's available. It's 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 the lease is already worked out. This this parcel more than any other parcel on uh, tribal lands is like ready to go. It, it it it's multiple steps have already been taken. And and my understanding is the Coyotes right now have excluciate uh, exclusive negotiating rights with with the lessee, so they can move ahead pretty quickly with this. I I would say that's true of all of the pieces of land uh, on tribal lands, they're, they're ready to develop right away. There, there's not a lot of development of the land like we, we talked about with the quarry before. This land is ready to go. You could put shovels in the ground pretty quickly here, but this one more so than others. Um, and you see where it sits. So I, I, my understanding is that it allows for higher construction, like the buildings can literally be higher because of the location between um, the 101 and uh, Pima Road. Um, but it's also, it's also, comes with restrictions that we just talked about earlier. You can't build a sports book on tribal land. I think people understand why right now because of the the compact. Um, You can't build residences either because you can't own the land. But in spite of those drawbacks, which were major parts of the revenue model for the Coyotes at the TED, the Coyotes have chosen to continue to move forward. Um, they're going to assume all the construction costs. And they basically the attitude, my understanding, is that they just need to find a way. Okay, if we, if we don't have those revenue streams, what else can we do to make this piece of land work? And again, I'm not saying it's going to work. In the end, they may decide, you know what, it's too much of a challenge. But I think they're they're well into talks on on this parcel of land and with the tribe, or at least with tribe representatives, because some of these pieces of land are owned by others. But with Craig, this this site and this this is a site that the Coyotes have looked at before. Like I remember driving down that freeway, going, "Okay, that open land right here." And if, if people are familiar with driving south on the one hundred and one, it'll be the baseball stadium um, for the Diamondbacks. And you go a little bit farther, you've got your shopping area and your shopping center, the pavilions where Octane and Mavericks are, and then. There's nothing. That's where it would be. And the location, phenomenal. Like the the access to the freeway in the West Valley, I, I think, like I was always thinking this site would be great. So now you're looking at North Tempe, South Scottsdale. I like the location. The concern for me is the revenue streams. And we talked about them partnering with the Suns at one time years and years ago. It's, well, they couldn't make the revenue streams work because they couldn't partner with, with all of the different dividing up all that money. And I, I just don't know how... 
how they're going to make it work at this site without the revenue streams. But if, if the location's great, the ability to build now is great. I think this time frame, this building would go up quicker than if they would have moved to the TED. I think they'll yeah. be playing in it sooner, which which it bodes well for the ownership group and for the, the Board of Governors. The concern is what else can they put there to generate revenue? And that's my concern. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something to think about without residences. You know, I, we can talk about the sports book. And, and my understanding is if they could put a sports book like on the other side of the freeway, but then you'd have to find land for it. And and, and let's be blunt. We, we all thought that the sports book was going to be a major part of the, the piece for the Coyotes with Alex Morello's history with, with casinos. I'm just going to come out and say it. Sahara Bet so far has been a, a an utter failure. They haven't made any money off of that. They need to find a way to do better with that, even if it's just going to be an online app. They, they chose not to partner with one of the major casinos, and, and I think that, in the end, probably wasn't a great decision. They, they really didn't help themselves on this front. But whatever they do, I mean, there, there's a piece of revenue, a piece of pie waiting there for them if they can exploit it. So I, I think they have to figure that out somehow. Maybe you can partner with the tribe and figure out a way to do that if you split revenue. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be a part of this negotiation, but that has to be part of it. But if you take the residences out, you got to find a way to make up some of that money. And maybe, maybe it's okay. It's just less revenue than we thought it was going to be because I had people telling me like, if, if Alex Morello pulls off this Ted thing, he's going to make a killing. He's going to make a killing. So maybe you make less of a killing, but it's still a number that you're comfortable with. Again, I'm spitballing here. I haven't seen the numbers. I don't have all these sorts of details, but, this is a site that they have chosen to continue talks on. So that, that means that they're at least considering it. Yeah, I think that's my biggest takeaway because when we first started broaching this subject like a week after the TED vote and we were looking at the pros and cons of all the locations in the valley, I mean, the location of the, the tribal land is obviously like some of the best there is, but all of these drawbacks. But the fact that, you know, we're here on June 19th and it's still very much in the conversation, like... We're not, you know, privy to those behind the closed doors conversation. So who knows, like, if there's a way for them to pull this off, I think it would be fantastic. Um, and also selfishly, because it's closer to where I live. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just saying. Um, but all the places being considered, and as Craig mentioned in his story, um, are more in the season ticket holder, you know, yes. tr triangle, whatever you want to call it, like closer to the season ticket holder base, which is not what glendale was and i saw a comment like way earlier that someone was saying well you know that that mesa site oh it's still the outskirts of town but it's not because it's way more centrally mm -hmm. located to the season ticket base so and that's that's a point that needs to be underscored i think leah so thanks for bringing it up because i've seen that sort of uh narrative from national media as well like thomas trance writes for the athletic good friend of mine does terrific work in Vancouver, but I, I saw him commenting like hey, Mesa doesn't make sense. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be Scottsdale or Phoenix. I don't think people understand the geography and the makeup of this city well enough to understand why the Coyotes want to be in this area that we're talking about. And all the sites that 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 I'm hearing about are are within this area. The population base of the city is clearly on the east side. The Season ticket base is on the east side, anywhere from two-thirds to three-quarters, depending on the level of tickets we're talking about. And and yes, teams definitely care more about premium season tickets than they care about the lower level because they make more money off of them. But then also the corporate base, right? If it, I think Javier calls it the L. If you go from North Scottsdale and come down, like all the way down through Chandler along that 101 corridor, that's where the corporate base is. 
So you have the, uh, a greater potential for corporate sponsors. All of that syncs up with this area, and that's why the Coyotes are looking in this area. That's why they're able to look outside of downtown if they want to because this city looks different than most major American cities. It is a new city that developed after the advent of the automobile, so you don't have that downtown core that's developed over 100-plus years where everything just kind of packed in there and you had to be there. This is a, a city that is about – it's about sprawl. There are different pockets. There's Scottsdale. There's Tempe. There's the Southeast Valley, too, which is a sig significant portion of their uh, season ticket holders from like Chandler and Gilbert. So they can look in this area because it makes sense for them financially. That's, that's where they're going to make their money. Yeah. And as Trey mentioned out, mentioned in the chat, and I just Googled it, Mesa is a bigger city populace-wise um, than Kansas City by a thousand. But still, that's a fun fact. So thank you, Trey, for that one. Um, moving on to the final two, and I'm going to lump them together because these are the ones I feel like we don't know as much about. Yeah. Um, Phoenix and Scottsdale. Definitely mentioned maybe a little less clarity on the actual sites. Yeah, I tried, and I've heard some things, but I just didn't feel comfortable enough reporting it because I didn't I, I didn't like the level of information or the sources that I was getting that information from sorry so I I didn't have as many details on Scottsdale and Phoenix as I would like there are I mean I I think it's probably safe to say that it's privately owned land again they want to avoid the public vote and if you start looking around for private owned parcels in those cities you, you can probably like start taking some stabs at where they might be looking I've often wondered about that sort of warehouse district south of where the suns play as a, an area ripe for redevelopment. But I don't know. I don't know for certain where they're looking in these two cities. But again, they both make sense for the same reasons that we're talking about. They're within that core area that the Coyotes need to play in in order to be successful financially, an area that does not include Glendale. Craig, when you're talking about these uh, additional sites, Phoenix and Scottsdale, are you getting that, getting a sense? I know you said that they're still negotiating with the Salt River Field community, but is are you getting this notion from Javier and the Coyotes no. group that are looking at multiple sites? Or is this just, like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's still hope. Like, this isn't, we're not looking outside. There are still multiple, multiple real sites in the Phoenix metro area that this team is looking at. Yeah, the Coyotes aren't commenting on this. They're not going to talk about this right now. And I know, you know, we, we recently ran a letter to the editor from some fans um, wanting Alex Morello to comment. But I, my sense is they're not going to say anything until they have concrete plans. But I, I have reached out to a number of other sources, often sources who have knowledge of these particular sites. So I, in, in a way, it's, it's more comforting that it's coming from someone else other than the Coyotes saying, yeah, this is real and this is happening right now. So it's not just, oh, yeah, we're looking at a bunch of sites. Trust us. No. I mean, you shouldn't do that anyway as a journalist. Just cite the team and say, yeah, it's all good. But there are legitimate sources for some of these other sites saying that these things are these things are happening. They're underway right now. That's and that's good news um i think for coyotes fans who it's it's been a tumultuous summer so far it's been a, a crazy last month um a couple other arena notes before we move on to more on ice hockey news um when you think of phoenix and this has come up literally since the night of the vote the day after the vote um matt ishbia's name again it's come up again and again it feels like weekly it comes up so what's the latest the latest is there's no change uh, i i want to reiterate the coyotes are not for sale 
I reported earlier with Gerald Borgay's help, actually, he reached out to a representative and got me a quote that the Suns would listen. They would talk. They would at least have a conversation if the Coyotes were ever up for sale. But the Coyotes are not for sale. The league has made that clear. Javier clearly made that clear. So that's not an option right now. So right now, the the idea of talking about Matt Ishbia doesn't make any sense. If we get to September and we have no clarity on one of these sites, maybe that's the point where the NHL says, okay, or the Board of Governors says, okay, time to consider what plan B is. Maybe at that point they read out, reach out to Matt Ishbia, who clearly isn't afraid to pull the trigger on major deals since he's been wheeling and dealing ever since he arrived. <laughs> Crazy. You yeah. can tune into the PHNX Sun Show at 3 o'clock today for more on that. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just good to cover all our bases with this today. Um, and then the last arena note is not the future. It's the current um, yeah. at Mullet Arena. And Craig, you got some numbers on how season one for the Coyotes went at Mullet. So I haven't I don't I haven't seen them. So I'm just curious, like what your takeaways? Yeah, are. well. Well, I think I think we're going to see something from the Coyotes soon, and it's probably going to be far more detailed than, than the information I'm giving right now. But the Coyotes, at least, are going to report that they actually made $2 million more dollars in their first season at Mall than they made at Gila River Arena the year before. Just because when you think about it, they their ticket prices were last in the NHL when they were at Gila. They weren't drawing well. So they they moved the ticket prices up to third. I, think, I believe it's third in the NHL average ticket price playing at Mullet. And I think they're going to report that they made two million more dollars wow. than they made the previous season. With despite the fact that it's forty six hundred seats versus whatever seventeen and change at uh, Gila River Arena. Beyond that, couple other points that I have heard. Um, their corporate sponsorship looks good, and I mentioned that corridor that we're talking about on the east side of town. They didn't lose a single corporate sponsor, and in fact, one of them re-upped. I think it was the same week as the Tempe vote, actually, for an extra half million dollars. Um, so they actually slightly increased their revenue from corporate sponsors, didn't lose anyone. And my understanding right now, or at least a, a week ago, was that the Coyotes are already at 80% season ticket renewals for next season, which would put them on track to make more money before the season in in, in that sort of revenue than, than they ever did at Gila River Arena. So that's what the team's reporting right now. So that that's potentially positive news. Yeah, and, and Craig, we talked about mullet magic while you were gone, and is it real? I think some of that will wear off. But the idea that yeah. this facility is uh, just Bush League and all of those things, I hope we can put that behind us as we move forward. And when you see the economic impact that they receive from playing there, that's encouraging, too, that this team is going, okay, I know we're not making it, but this is better than where we were. It's better than Glendale. By the way, have you heard anything from Lon Kuby on is Have they started the new park yet at the TED site? No. Okay. No. No. Waiting for Just dates second. on that, you know, that party that. Yeah. Oh my God, the party! Yeah. <laughs> Throw <Can't> the boulder. <laughs> can't wait for the dump party. Yep. yep. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm betting that it's going to be a dump in September. You're yeah. betting. And, and again, Greg. next September. I think you should bet on that. <laughs> and again, the following September. I'll bet um, on that. Take a few. Okay. Bef really quick before we move on, any other arena tidbits anyone wants to throw out? Are we ready to move on? <laughs> I think that's all I've got for today. So, for today, I mean, it was a short story. Um, I, yeah. I apologize that I ha didn't have more on Scottsdale and Phoenix. I wish Craig, I had. Anything but... was more than what PD and I have been talking about for the last. Three <laughs> so we're hey, thrilled. Hey, no, with arena news, not in general. 
Okay. I thought we had some great shows, PD. Me well, too. Craig was gone. Um, it'd be I'd be curious what the lines that MGM would set on the likelihood of each of the sites we just talked about. Uh, unfortunately, not a thing we can do, but another thing we can do is bet on sports on BetMGM and baseball season is in full swing. No pun intended. How about that? Um, and right now you can play the swing for the fences challenge on BetMGM. This has been my favorite daily thing to do. You literally log in, you go to the, I think the promotions tab, you click on swing for the fences and then you just choose one little like zone and you can win like bonus bets or a 15% boost, or you can hit a home run. Like it's just super fun. You never know what you're going to get each day. Um, so make sure you check that out on BetMGM. And if you haven't signed up yet, use the bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you'll get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use the bonus code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. You know, I just was in New York for the weekend. I did a lot of walking, um, but I just missed, like, I like having all the Circle K. I like driving. I just enjoy it as an activity. And, like, I like going into Circle K and grabbing snacks. I like grabbing Polar Pops. Um, so You like seeing yourself on the screen. I'm just going to say the same thing. She just goes to see herself. Craig, you need gas. I've never seen in. myself. Petey, selfie. Oh. Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen myself. She stops everybody. Like there's a family just getting Wait. pumping up from Des Moines. Hey, that's me. Did you guys see me? I'm the only person on planet Earth. The DJ, our security guard at the building, stopped me the other day. She took a video, showed me. I still haven't seen a girl I haven't talked to in two years. Messaged me. It's just crazy. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you can go and see me, I guess. But also grab yourself some snacks and, you know, fill up on gas um, at Circle K. Obviously, we love Circle K. And make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they have to offer. Right now, you can text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. All right, moving on to hockey talk. And I want to start with the big one because this is kind of the headline of the weekend. And it's OEL. Um, the Vancouver Canucks have bought out Oliver Ekman Larson's contract, obviously a longtime captain of the, the Coyotes. Big part of here, he was part of the trade with Connor Garland that eventually brought Dylan Gunther, I guess, to the Coyotes that turned into him. Um and the Coyotes retained salary on his contract. So there actually are some implications for the Coyotes. So, Craig, can you describe what those implications are? If any? Yeah, well, they lose one of the, the three salary retention slots that they, they have uh, at any given time. And honestly, not that big a deal. Like, like listen, when, when Bill Armstrong came on, one of the many things that I heard that the Coyotes would never do was move OEL's contract off the books. Not only did he move it, <laughs> Dylan Gunther came back the other way. So that was, I mean, that that was a great move. And if they have to eat a little salary and and lose one retention slot, I don't think they mind that much. It's not that big a deal to them. But yeah, that is the implication. The bigger thing for me 
in PD too. I know because he he was around OEL even more than I was. Got to know him really well. He's just such a good soul, and I never would have dreamed, having seen where he was in the the mid 2010s, what he was doing back to back twenty plus goal seasons. I never would have dreamed that he'd be in this place, that his game would decline so rapidly to the point where they just want to cut bait with this guy at this point. He's 31 years old and you never say never. Um, this is a kid who's, it's going to, one of those you're going to look back and go timing and all of these different events led to this kid not reaching his full potential, which is sad because there were moments when he first broke into the league, you're like, oh my gosh, like, the special player like his ability to get out of tight spots with his size and frame and come out of the corner with the puck was phenomenal his puck moving abilities his ability to walk the blue line on the power play and make those moves. he was fantastic offensive defenseman he was fun to watch he also had a really good stick he could defend like you know like tepo newman and i mean tepo newman's mm-hmm. elite but but he had that even though he wasn't big in stature he defended well with his stick in his body and then it just fell apart and, and yeah. I, I don't know if it's, you know, you can talk about relationships with coaches and the people who are around him. You can talk about his family situation and, and what was going on back home and, and with his mom and all of those things. Maybe some of them, the little pits, bits of them all put together. I, I'm not sure, but his confidence was shot. And yeah. he, ironically, his career pretty much ended here under Rick Tockett. And he goes to Vancouver and guess who's the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks right now is Rick Tockett. And yeah. I don't know if that, that if that has <laughs> read into it, what you will, that that made this a situation that I, I it, it's too bad, but he's 31. Mm-hmm. Do I think he can play meaningful minutes in the National Hockey League when he's not under that gloom of this massive contract? So people don't have to say, well, He's okay, but not for a right. $10 million player. Maybe if he's a million, 1.2, 1.5, I don't know what it is. You can go, he's a fantastic player at 2.2 or whatever that number is. Yeah, and I, you hope for that sort of redemption story for a guy like OEL where he gets to a team that has a chance, like in an ideal world, OEL wins a cup, right? And and plays a, a significant role. I'm not saying a major role, but a significant role in it. Then you get to write that redemption story that he – he found it again to some degree at the end. I talking about what you were just saying. OEL peaked early. Usually when you're talking about defensemen's curves, it comes later. It takes them a little while. He stepped into the league, and you remember that playoff run in 2012. He led everyone on the team in ice time by like almost four minutes. And that is saying something on a and That's his first full year in the league. Like he, he played it, games yeah. the year before, but that's for, for his Dave first Tippett, who had this veteran laden blue line. Yes. And he had a lot of faith in veterans. And yet OEL is out there more than anybody else. That tells you how good he was. And yeah, ask Shane Doan how good he was in that postseason run. And then those few years that came afterward, including the, the 20 goal seasons, he really peaked early. And then it just, like we said, he, he lost his mom. That, that had a dramatic impact on him. He lost Dave Tippett. He lost Shane Doan, who was a, a great mentor to him. He had to play under Rick Tockett, who was a, an entirely different type of coach than he was used to. And he had some injuries. He had the knee injuries as well, and his game was just so diminished. It was, it was just crazy to watch how quickly it fell off. And the other thing, Craig, is he did have that contract. And, and that I don't know if, if – I know and you want to play for the money. 
right? Yeah. And it does a lot yeah. of pressure on a kid. And I don't know. Some people relish that and relish those kind of situations. And uh, remember when he came in and the year, um, there was no captain for an entire year, but was he going to be captain? Was he not going to be captain? And, and I don't know that affected him. All of these little mind game things that you'd like to see a player go, okay, I'm going to be a, I'm going to push through that. I'm going to play better because of that. I'm going to use that as a molding factor to be better. Um, yeah. Oliver didn't. And, and he, nope. he retracted and he didn't do well with those kind of situations. If there was an issue off the ice, he, he, he couldn't muscle through that and he couldn't overcome that. Maybe now he's not the guy. He, he's not the guy with the biggest contract on his team anymore. He's not the guy with the letter on his sweater anymore. He's not the guy with these expectations anymore. Maybe now he can get that resurgence because he's only 31. And you're right, the injury set him back. But maybe now, maybe now he can start to build something different where he's not the guy and i think there is so much pressure on in vancouver because of his dollar value that now that has gone away so let's hope for him because he is a wonderful kid and i want to see him do well i'm not kidding he's 31 but i want to see him do well and i think that there is still game left in him and i still think he can eat minutes in this league so we'll hopefully he ends up in a situation that he can show that he still got something to play for yeah, and I don't know if you caught up with him, Petey, but I did text him briefly after that just to wish him luck and say sometimes fresh starts can be good. And and it's it's typical OEL, right? Like responds and it's like asking about my life. Like that's just who he is. He's he's a yeah. good soul. He's a really good soul. So I, I wish the best for him. He uh, I really enjoyed covering OEL while he was here. Yeah, I I can't I don't even have anything else to add because you guys summarized it perfectly. Yeah. But I think most Coyotes fans feel the same way, and we all really wish the best for him. And, and like PD said, never say never. The, all the factors you talked about could contribute to him. You know, someone mentioned maybe a team like Carolina, maybe a team that's like a little more under the radar, a, a smaller role um, would be would be good. And we all want to see him succeed. So wishing him the best, and we'll you know follow along. Hopefully he gets finds a home this summer and and is right doesn't miss a beat um and then can go on and have success but going through um just some other on ice little tidbits if you will um i'll let craig i'll let you kind of run through these ones we'll just kind of do rapid fire on them kind of now with you back we can you know you you're connected let him talk for a minute I agree. <laughs> Get to work, Craig. So uh, a number of people were wondering why the Coyotes moved on from Emil Martinson Littleberg. And, and that was a little bit of surprise to me because I know they liked him. They liked him a lot. So through a little bit of reporting, I found out that sadly it's a health issue. They were concerned with a specific thing in his, his health makeup that they, they're not sure that he's going to be able to move past it. Now, Tampa Bay obviously took that risk they they decided to sign him and it, it it's a real shame because honestly i can tell you the coyote is really really high on this kid his ability his size his character like a, you, you you talk to lee stempia i can tell you just he's one of the best kids you'll ever meet they love this kid and they really do think he's going to be an nhl player and a good one at that but they're they're they were they were really concerned i think with with the health issues so Emilia, Emil martinson Littleberg is not a part of the Coyotes organization, and that's that's too bad. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer, but I guess you have to trust in, in their decision making, and you know we have to trust in Tampa's too. So you know, again, wish him the best as well. Yeah, um, I also while I was gone, you know, there were multiple reports that Artem Duda is coming over to the University of Maine to play, um, and I had cautioned people because they're. Listen, when you're you're trying to gain NCAA eligibility, there are, there are a lot of hoops to jump through. The NCAA is 
quite frankly, a, a brutal bureaucracy, and it, it's difficult to make sure that that it happens. Um, obviously, the University of Maine feels very good about it to announce it, but there there are some hoops that need to be jumped through before he actually plays at Maine. Um, it's a good situation. Uh, I guess I should mention some of those. Like, you have to be cleared, right? First of all, he played professional hockey, so they have to look at that situation and decide whether he still has NCAA eligibility because he did play some games. Um, some of that may have to do with the pay structure and how that w- the entire contract was structured. There's also, like, competency for, for academic eligibility. He's got to pass those tests. So we'll see how it plays out. But this is a really good situation for the Coyotes, especially – when you consider what's happening in Russia right now and how difficult it is to scout or stay in touch with prospects. Uh, It's really a tough situation right now. So to have him over playing for the University of Maine where you can sort of be hands-on with him. I mean, Lee Stembiak lives just outside of Boston. So Maine is not very far from Boston. They can keep a really close eye on him. He gets a chance to develop in a, a really good league in the NCAA um, he can learn the North American game. There are a lot of benefits to this should this come to fruition and he ends up playing at Maine next season. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we touched on some of those things last week, but it'll be really interesting to see if this if this does come to fruition because, like you mentioned, it would be a good situation um, for the Coyotes. Last, I guess, bit of hockey news related to the Coyotes, and it's, it's something that we talked about all last summer and all last season. Jacob Chikrin. Um, we're talking about him again, but just because we're going to tie up some loose ends on how things unfolded um, when he eventually did get traded. To Ottawa. Yeah, I can't even remember the report I saw while I was on vacation or where I was when I was on vacation, but I remember seeing more reports of what the Chikrin deal to L.A. looked like. That deal that was so often reported as, oh, it's really close. L.A. really thought it had a deal in place for Chikrin. I'm here to tell you that a deal with the LA Kings was not close. It was not even close to happening. It was a couple of conversations and then it was over. The Coyotes were not interested in what LA wanted to push back, namely Cal Peterson and a whole lot of money on that contract. This wasn't, this wasn't even close to happening. And sorry, DP, I'm also here to tell you that the Buffalo Sabres were not very close either to acquiring Jacob Chikrin. So there you have it. Who would have thought we would be dispelling Jacob Chikrin trade rumors in June after he'd been <laughs> traded months before? Right? But right. here we are. This is why having Craig back is so valuable. And I have to say, Petey and I, we had a lot of fun um, for three weeks. We we had some really great fun shows. But it is nice having you back, Craig. Um, we are better as a team for it's sure. A little more serious content. Yeah, this is what yeah. people have been waiting for. Yeah, we're going to talk about what you guys did while I was gone, including the Fabergé egg, Petey. We're going to talk about it. Where is it? We, we keep where bringing that up. It? We keep bringing where that is up. It? People are like, what? I have no clue what that means. Um, Again, but... there's a third reference to it, and you still don't know. Well, maybe you should bring me in the loop. Watch. We're going to make her watch the movie on the way to Nashville, except they're Seriously. all going to be asleep. Craig and I will be playing cribbage between the aisles at 5 a.m., and you guys should all be sleeping. That'll be, that'll be lunch. We'll, we'll be eating lunch. Yeah. Yes, we do need Craig's news at PHNX. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want, you know, Craig's weekly diehard only pieces, become a diehard today. Go phnx.com slash diehard. You get access to our Discord. You get 20% off on events, 20% off on merchandise. You get a Dobson Ranch card. You get a $50 Mountain Mike's um, pizza voucher. Just a ton of great perks um, to joining the family. And uh, there's a group of us going to Nashville next week, a group of diehards. They got 20% off their tickets because they're diehards. 
cards. Um, so just a, a ton of great perks. And we can't thank everybody enough who's part of the family. And I should also, also should mention a free shirt and hat every year at sign up. So it, you know, it really pays for itself over time. So I just, I highly recommend you check it out. And if you're diehard, but you're not in the discord, make sure you join. If you need help getting in, tweet at me, I'll help you get in the discord. Cause it's a lot of fun um, as well. Just want to lay out. I, it's really hard coming back from a vacation because you realize how damn far you are behind on all your work and how much you have to do to catch up. But I want to let people know, yeah, it's time to start previewing the draft. I had the arena story today, but I've got a lot of draft content coming pretty much every day. I will have a story except for, I think, Saturday. Um, what's on the docket? Um, I had a conversation with with Bill Armstrong, Daryl Plandowski, and Ryan Jankowski, so I'll take a look at you know, sort of a general look at what what the possibilities are for the draft for the Coyotes with all the picks they have, the two first round picks, lots of second and third round picks or mostly third round picks this year. Um, beyond that, um, I'm going to take a deeper dive at at increasing the defensive pool in the uh, Coyotes organization, the philosophy around drafting goaltenders, which has changed considerably over what it was in, in past years and what they what they think of their system and what what they think they still need i'm going to talk to three draft analysts two of which of course we've had on our show already craig button and chris peters but also dan marr who's the head of central scouting for the nhl to get a sense of the possibilities from their perspective for the coyotes i'm going to look at the matt faye mitchkoff situation and then of course we'll be in nashville we're going to do something really cool we're going to do an all-city mock draft and i'm looking forward to that Craig assigned the teams and I got San Jose at four and I'm really stressed. Like that's the, that's like the pivotal thing. I might be looking to trade up for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, See, we hadn't even talked about that possibility. Like somebody, we, somebody should engineer a damn trade. Yeah. That would be, mock draft. be great. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and we all know how I love mock drafts too. So. And I've got the Minnesota wild, just a big surprise. I'm drafting for Minnesota. Pretty good chance looking at drafting a hometown home state kid leah who else are you drafting for the coyotes at 13 um i'm guessing toronto i don't know if i read the full (laughs) list i uh i was in i was in new york when i saw that so i skimmed i actually have to hockey de montreal at five i I found a toronto bar in new york it had like they had a toronto maple thing and a raptors thing in the window but so just to give people a sneak peek at what we're trying to do here, so now I'm putting the pressure on the producers to figure this out, we're hoping to have our own like podium where we step up and announce our pick. So, Petey, when you announce the pick oh, for the Canadians, you better adopt a French accent. You got I, it? You got buddy, it. I, I have so much more planned than you can even – I'm ready. Who do you, who do you think Sean, who do you think Sean is drafting on? I would guess he's drafting for Buffalo, <laughs> but I am ready. I'll be, oh, I have to, I, yes, I'll be ready. Don't hey, worry. I'm oh. also Danny Briere and the Philadelphia Flyers. And that, uh, that okay, seventh yeah. pick is, uh, speaking of trades, I, I wouldn't mind moving and up into the top five if anybody's interested. <laughs> is that, that Tuesday? Seven and, uh, Just throwing that out here. <laughs> seven and 22 are on the board. If, if anybody in the top six is looking to <laughs> I got five and 21, we'll have to talk. Imagine so if all GMs Tuesday? were this public with that. Yeah, Is like, that Tuesday? Yeah, looking to move up. Yeah, that's Tuesday. It's t- oh, we, yeah, in we Nashville. Enough. The day after the NHL awards, so yes. we may or may not be. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and we will be covering the NHL awards too. So yeah, we, so we got so much content. How many, like we're all staying in the same. Like how many? Like there better be more than one bathroom. Well, That's all I, I mean, gotta say. I mean, I I know I have my own master suite. I know I probably do. 
<laughs> just with a bidet. <laughs> There's and, so and many things that they have to call talk it, about. It, in uh, Europe. They call it intimate wash. That's what you're going to have. They're going to have to have a lot of rules <laughs> on that bathroom. Lots Leah's of rules. Like, Check it out. I'm done with this conversation. Now. Um, all of this yeah. to say, this is the kind of content you get from people. But it's like the Brady Bunch where they have all six kids working on one bathroom. Like if we're like legit, we're, we're going to need a sign up sheet. I get I got to go early because buddy, pretty regular around here. <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get here? Just saying after that cup of coffee, things are brewing. <laughs> we got to go. It's time to get going. Oh, no. So just giving everybody a heads up. Uh, you and me, buddy. Too much potty talk today. And no. Oh, All see, right. this, this, yeah, this, this is going to be a competition what... between the two of us. Now I'm going to be setting my alarm for like. I am. I am going to stay at a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. Man. Uh, five days a week of shows. Five days a week of Craig stories. All of that. Um, for PHX. So, um, and I also mentioned it earlier, you get the $50 mountain bikes voucher, which is a, a, that alone is worth the price of a membership. Um, check out mountain Mike's amazing pizza, wings, salad. They have locations all over the Valley, Mesa, Chandler, Tucson. You can go to mountainmikespizza.com or check out those locations to place your next order. And like I mentioned, diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. So that is an absolute steal. Make sure you don't miss out and on that. Where what do we get tomorrow at the office? We Mountain get Mike's, Mike's pizza. again. And by Let's the way, go. we had I it thought last I was going to have pizza. We had it last week. Pizza? I had it for lunch and breakfast. And breakfast. Lunch and breakfast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buddy, I got to like I love my Mountain Mikes. I had a mountain of Mountain Mikes, but I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't resist it. So it's, I'm just saying, I'm just excited for tomorrow's lunch. Done. Check. Check. And I might just bring that. home a piece or two for dinner because my wife's traveling, so I might bring up couple pieces home for dinner just love it love it bring it to go bag well before we wrap up today obviously craig you've been gone for three weeks we've seen your twitter pictures (laughs) we you've sent us some video updates um but we haven't actually like sat here face to face and talked so how was your trip Uh, it was unbelievable and like you know it's we just had father's day yesterday and I was thinking about this and I told my dad this as well, like all the opportunities that he gave me when I was a kid. I had a friend text me while we were in Europe saying, you are literally changing your kids' lives by taking them on this trip and exposing them to all these different cultures and perspectives and whatever else you see in Europe. And it really felt that way. I was I was living vicariously through my kids more so than the, the trip for me. It was so cool to see them seeing all these places for the first time to experience all this for the first time. That's my biggest takeaway from the trip, but we just had a blast. It was a whirlwind tour. We touched five countries, I guess six, if you count looking down on Monaco from that insane cocktail bar that I sent you the photos of the video from. Thank you, Sebastian, by the way, again, for hooking that up. Cause that place was ridiculous. I did feel like I was in a James Bond movie when I stepped into that cocktail bar, but it was incredible. It was incredible. So many highlights. I don't even know where to start. It was awesome sitting down to a beer and a dinner with Teal Fowler, the Coyote Central European Scout in Heidelberg. It was awesome climbing this not even one lane road up to our chalet in the Swiss Alps and having like private private citizens shouting at me because I didn't belong on the road, even though the hotel told me I could be on the road. We actually ran into a combine at one point and had to figure out how the hell to get around the combine. But, you know, Swiss combine driver, he threw it in reverse and backed into a tight spot so we could get past like things like that. It was it was just an unbelievable array of experiences. Every, and I love that about Europe, about Western Europe. You can 
You can drive a few hours and you're in an entirely different culture, an entirely different experience. It was amazing. I'm so glad you had that time too, because you guys, Craig works his ass off. He doesn't really take days off during the season. So I was just happy that you got that time for yourself and for your family. Um, and as someone who also got to go to Europe with my mom, when I turned 18, when I graduated high school, it was like, a, it was a life-changing experience that I'll never forget. So it's very nice that you, you and your family got that. Yeah. Those, you better. It's over though. Yeah. So I came ass, back recharged though. Get to work. Seriously. No, I, I, really I will say this quick. Every picture you sent pissed me off even more. It was almost like <laughs> the Swiss, <laughs> the Switzerland one really the put Switzerland. me over the edge. It's like really like is well, that, the Monaco really, one too. The Monaco one too. When he was interviewing <laughs> the bartender, you're like, come on, like that's that that's like a James Bond. Like I was waiting for Craig to jump off with one of those bat suits and he'd like float down. Like Sebastian was, just, was working um, it at that bar too. By the way, this place was, was jammed. And I told you really guys, cool. I don't know if we if you guys even said it. Aston Martin is there holding hosting mm -hmm. an event oh, to yeah. unveil their car. Did you guys yeah, use that it. photo? We didn't oh, use the photo, but we the showed the one? videos. We didn't show it yeah. on the show. Didn't we? No, we, oh. we showed the well, videos of the it? bar and Sebastian. It was unreal, Craig. It was it's a once in a lifetime, so hopefully it happens yeah. in my lifetime. Yeah, it is yeah, it was incredible. I I don't I don't know that there was a, a point that I did not enjoy. We drove, we drove on the Autobahn. My kids were like floored by that experience we're driving in the swiss alps we we drove through all the tunnels when you come out of it you know from switzerland by the way which is like maybe the best run country in the world everything is clockwork not to use a cliche and then you get down into italy and you're like wow this, this could use some work it's a little bit of a mess here compared they love to their switzerland. siestas yeah yeah that was like and that was cool too right like just take a break in the middle of the afternoon it's too hot and humid anyway and it made me appreciate arizona weather i tweeted this the other day like it was maybe 75 to 78 degrees maybe even up to 80 degrees in nice with high humidity in the 70s i get back to arizona first day it's 100 with 13 percent humidity I'm like this feels better. It, it's better than that situation where we're like, we got to get off the streets because this is disgusting. And Europe but, is not known for its air conditioning. No, although we did have it in that flat. We demanded <laughs> AC. We ha That was a requirement. And thank God we had it because it was so humid. Um, I want to, Nicholas said, what was the best thing you ate and where was it? <sighs> Do you remember when Lawson Krauss and Claire Stewart went to Europe last year, last summer for the engagement? Yeah. Claire tweeted that like Lawson ate every bread available in France. Yeah. That's, that's how it felt with us too. Like the pastries in France are yeah, just next ridiculous. level. And my kids ate some, some kind of pastry every morning for breakfast. Just Beauty's, loaded up on carbs. Just like Beauty's F says, you guys. Oh, the bread like, in oh, France. I have my bread. The bread in France is to die for. Like, <laughs> Leah, Leah, darling, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you mean. But I have to say, the bread in France, like, you think you go to Italy and you're like, the bread here must be amazing. The bread in Italy is, like, fine. The bread in France is amazing. I had the bread at Safeway today. Like, so, <laughs> you guys bite me. Like, that's, I, I got the, the fresh-made sourdough from the safeway bakery yeah way to go can't i did have a, i did have a new york God bagel in new york yesterday so. yeah we had at least one spectacular dinner in each city that's awesome like it is about night. the food it yeah the it's food. so much about the food right we went to this unreal steakhouse in dublin the last night too and had a spectacular did you get a guinness in dublin I didn't because I had already been there and my kids were like, eh, what do I Got care it. about a beer factory? And and Got honestly, I mean, but it's, did you it's drink, a cool did, space. But did you drink beer in Guinness or in Dublin? I drank beer, but I have been <laughs> – she's going to be pissed oh, off Jesus at this too. Christ. I've been to Ireland four times now. So 
I have sampled <laughs> beers, and my wife loves Guinness. Tara loves Guinness. I like two of their other regional beers better, Beamish and Murphy's. So I yeah, but drinking. it's okay. You didn't have to oh. drink Guinness. I'm just saying, did you find a beer in Dublin that you I enjoyed? Sent photo, uh, sent yeah, I sent the photo. Yeah, I saw that. It was a, a very dark beer. Beamish pour. It was a Beamish. Beamish. Okay, and, it was very dark. It was at that place that was the pub from 1198. Opened in 1198. Come on. 1198. That's awesome. That's awesome. crazy. And it felt like it. You're in the place. That's awesome. It's, oh, it, was, Craig, it was an incredible experience. Craig, be real with me for one second. Did you miss yeah. Four Peaks? Be honest. I I always miss Four Peaks, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, like... By the way, can... I have some in my refrigerator right now. Hell, hell yeah. 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 It's like, you, you can go all over the world, but... And by the way, like, Four Peaks has won beer competitions, like, in... They should. Like, in Czechia, where, like, they're no... You know, it's... They do. So, you can travel all over Europe, but it always comes back to Four Peaks. So, I'm sure that was something you were looking forward to when you came back um i was as well and we'll be drinking four peaks all this week before we head to nashville if this show was off the rails i can only imagine when we're back together in person this week maybe we'll have to do a show where we crack one open maybe on friday um i'm looking forward to it so make sure you check out four peaks you can buy four peaks wherever you buy your beer you can also check out the a street pub and um, teacher tuesdays are back so that's tomorrow every tuesday through july bring a valid teacher id and receive four dollar pints of kit lifter wow hazy and hobnot so check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery you must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly Anything else before we go? I'm excited. I'm just, um, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling invigorated right now. Like, we're back. We have one. I got to show one picture, though. Oh, it's, okay. oh, yeah. So, Craig, so we've been doing um, 10 days of Tootsies. And by the way, we have been doing daily. <laughs> okay. So, we've been doing daily prospect check ins, like, kind of just an, a summary of a prospect every day just so people can get familiar with the name we're not going to do that today we'll resume it tomorrow but we can't okay. skip 10 days of tootsies and we are on day six counting down till we go to tootsies all right yeah i just wanted, just wanted to talk about the outside of tootsies today we've taken the inside we've shown you the band today we're going to show you the outside of tootsies and tootsies is a purple building you cannot miss it when you're going down broadway nope. and it was purchased in 1960 by hattie louise tootsie best and that's why it's named tootsies but she came to work one day and the exterior painter painted it purple she didn't ask for it it just became purple so renamed it tootsie's orchid lounge and it's still purple to this day it is a landmark on the broadway step and you cannot miss it when you're rolling down broadway and we will absolutely be there and that was day six of 10 days of tootsies i didn't know that pd so thank you for the little tidbit there we go so excited can't wait forward to this Yep. Can't wait for Nashville. Can't wait for the draft. We'll be there in a week. We'll be there one week from today. Um, and obviously we will be talking all things draft. Can we say who's yes. coming on the yes, show we this week? Um, Bob McKenzie, the Bob father is back on our show this coming Thursday. Um, so the day that he releases his draft yes. prospect rankings. He's it's coming, coming on, on our show. show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. The TSN Bob's rankings are coming out. Can he, is he having Margarita on the show? We have. I hope yeah. so. I that might be our drinking day. Margarita and it makes me angry. But oh, Leah, you saw where the draft is next summer, right? No. No. no I, I'm not going to say yet then. I'm not going to save this. I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this for another time. It's okay. Okay. 
It's okay, but not he's not the only guest we're having on this week. Yes, Greg Wyshynski is – I always stumble over his last name. Wyshynski is coming on our show on Wednesday. Um, really excited to talk to him. We were supposed to talk to him a few months ago. It all got mixed around, so really excited for him to join. He'll be on Wednesday. So two really great guests this week, Wednesday and Thursday. So just be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so you never miss when we go live. But if you do miss our live show, you can always go back and watch or listen wherever you get your podcasts as well. So really exciting week ahead and it's five, counting down the days till we go to Nashville and we'll, we'll make sure everyone who watches, listens, who's a Coyotes fan is fully prepped um, for when the Coyotes take the stage. Anything else you guys? That's a wrap. All right. That's a wrap. Um, we're back. Excited. Like I said, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Subscribe to PHNX Coyotes wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at SPetersHockey, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore DePods. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll be back live tomorrow, Tuesday at 11 a.m. We're live at 11 a.m. every day. Looking forward to seeing everyone in the chat. Hit the like video, like button on this video before you hang out. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we will see you tomorrow.